On this episode of Out of Bounds with Dylan James, we discuss the NFL, the Week 1 action, and the Week 2 preview. We also discuss NCAA football with the return of Big Ten football. We discuss the Stanley Cup final. We talk about the NBA playoffs, the MLB playoffs. Segments include JT's football recap of the week, winners and losers, and final thoughts. If you like the show, hit the subscribe button, share us with your friends and family, and also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or Amazon Music. We just launched with them on their initial launch last week. We're very excited about that one, so feel free to rate and review us there. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Dylan James. You're listening to Out of Bounds. I have JT joining me on the phone. Once again, we're here to talk about sports. All sports, football, baseball, basketball. Got some soccer news, too, that JT likes to dive into. So we got a lot going on today, and we're going to jump right into it in just a moment. But JT, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dylan. Uh, Just hanging in there, you know, uh, working part-time at Under Armour on the weekends, basically, like I will be tonight. And... uh, Keep myself busy. Uh, I just uh, did a internship with uh, Inter Orlando Academy, uh, doing some content for them, like on social media, YouTube, and they've asked me to also help out doing some play by play when they start their season. So, looking forward to that. But outside of that, Dylan, you know, like I said, you know, I'm just working one job and you know doing school. I'm doing what I can to keep myself busy. Awesome, man. That's good. And it sounds like you're staying very, very busy, and I am as well. So, you know, it's it's good to get, you know, some away time to talk about sports, talk about football, talk about all those things, and, uh, you know, sit down and talk with you for a little bit. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm glad sports is slowly getting back to normal, and we got a lot to talk about. So, Dylan, let's get right into uh, the football news. Let's do it, yeah. So let's start off with uh, Jadavion Clowney. We talked about him last uh, last episode, and he was still mulling over who he was wanting to go to. Was he wanting to go to the Saints? Was he wanting to go to the Titans? Were the Jaguars a factor in all of this? Well, it turns out that the Titans were the location that the Jadavion Clowney wanted to choose, and he did choose the Tennessee Titans, and so now he is a Titan, which is fantastic news for the organization. I'm sure there were a lot of Saints fans that were very upset about this news, especially with the report coming out saying that there was some sort of trade thing that was going to happen if the Saints were going to get him. They were going to trade Jadavion to, the, I think, the Jags, and then the Jags were going to trade Jadavion to the Saints in exchange for money. I, I'm not really sure what was going on. It was a very convoluted report, but at the end of the day, Jadavion's a, a, he's a Titan. He's in Nashville. He did a great job last week in week one against Denver Broncos. He was on the field quite a bit, actually, um, considering he had just joined the team just a few days ago before that game. But he did, you know, insert his presence into that game, and uh, it showed. Yeah, Dylan, uh, he definitely made an impact on the defensive side for the the Titans because it was his first game, and he he just got there, um, had a couple of tackles, and did uh pretty well it was it turned out to be a very very 
defensive game, which I did not expect that. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, Jadavion Conley, not bad. And everyone talked about uh, during the game, Steve Levy, I talked about on the broadcast that um, Jadavion Clowney has that relationship with Mike Vrabel and when they used to work together at, when he was with the Houston Texans. So uh, they have that connection, and it made sense to why he brought him over. And I'm glad he came to Tennessee, even though it's only for one year, but hopefully more. And we'll see. But he's off to a good start. I do agree with that, Dylan. Yeah, it's, it's very good. I mean, I think he's injected some, some oomph into our defensive line. And I think that we're going to get to the quarterback a lot this season, especially when we get Vic Beasley back. And he should be coming back for week two against the Jaguars. So we'll see how that turns out. But let's talk about week one. There were some big upsets. There were some big player performances. I mean, it, it was good to see football back on, on TV, the NFL. And let's just get into it. What was your biggest upset of the week last week? Well, before I get into that, Dylan, I was able to watch most of the games on uh, Sunday uh, since I got off work early. And I'll admit, though, watching the football on TV, it was kind of weird. Especially the Saints Buccaneers game, no fans at the Superdome. None. Oh, usually, it's the camera people all over the place. And for most of the games, it was like that. I think the only team that had fans, I know the Jaguars, they had some fans at their games. And I think there there'll be a few other the Browns, of course. There were some fans and, in Kansas City as well, I believe. Yes, too. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I forgot about them. They made themselves very notable, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we won't talk about that. But uh, you know, it was uh, pretty crazy with. Uh, so yeah, there were a few NFL teams with fans, but a lot of them look like they're going to be off to a, a slow start and just see how it goes. Uh, but yes, with my upset, Dylan, uh, I decided to pick the Washington football team over the Philadelphia Eagles. And Dylan, I did not see this coming. I mean, I think everyone felt Washington was not going to be much of a factor in the NFC East this season. But look, the Eagles, they were up 17-7 to at halftime, Dylan. And it looked like the Eagles were going to blow away through the Washington football team. But in the second half, you got to get credit to uh, Dwayne Haskins. He stepped up. The team improved. Uh, made some key plays to get uh, a touchdown. Uh, Peyton Barber rushed in for two touchdowns. And the Eagles really struggled. Carson Wentz, he had two touchdowns, but he also had two picks. And he didn't do good. He, he was 24-42. And he only had 270 passing yards. That's not going to get it done, Dylan, against a very weak Washington football team. And Zach Ertz, your best player tight end, only got he only got involved for one touchdown. So that's not going to get it done. Where's everybody else? Where's Deshaun Jackson? Where's Jalen Rigger? Where's Greg Wartz Jr.? Where are all these other receivers at for the Eagles? Apparently they were a no-show in the second half. And that's why they lost. Yeah, they, it was a huge game. And also in the second half, Ron Rivera actually had an IV, a planned IV, during halftime. Dwayne Haskins actually delivered the speech to the team in the locker room during halftime. So he must have said the right things because they came out on the field and they were guns a-blazing. And to beat a Philadelphia Eagles team like that, especially with the hype around Carson Wentz, even though he has had injuries in the past, he he is quite injury-prone, people still had high hopes for Carson Wentz this season, which I think he'll still do well if he's still on the field. But yeah, Washington came out and they were just the better team in the second half. They ran the ball. They threw the ball. Um, their defense was solid the entire game. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's something that kept them in the game in the first half was their defense. And 
And, you know, having that game and having Dwayne Haskins perform the way he did after that halftime intermission, I mean, I, it, it, kudos to that team because they did a great job playing for Ron Rivera. Now, on the flip side, my upset of the week had to go to Chicago against Detroit because in that game, going into the fourth quarter, Chicago was down 23-6. to And they came back and scored three unanswered touchdowns to get the lead in that game and win the game. Um, huge game by by Mitchell Trubisky and those guys over there in Chicago. And it was actually, it's an upset pick, yes. And at the, at the end of the day, I actually picked them in my Eliminator Challenge for ESPN um, because I, I thought they would handle the Detroit Lions, which at first it didn't look like they were going to. They were not playing very well at all. And Mitchell Trubisky was not throwing the way he should have been throwing to win the game. However, in the second half, in that fourth quarter especially, he he played lights out. He played very well, scoring three touchdowns, and uh, that that's just a huge win for the Chicago Bears moving forward, and it's a huge momentum boost. But then you look at the Detroit Lions side, and you know it, it's tough to have any positives out of that game. I mean, they cannot finish in the fourth quarter, and they did the same exact thing several times last year in the league. Yeah, I managed to catch the tail end of that game, and the Lions—they—they they were right there, man. They had the receiver had a walk-in touchdown, and he drops the football. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? This is so the Detroit Lions." And then they just couldn't get it in, and the fourth on fourth down, and unfortunately for the Lions, I mean, like like you said, Dylan, fourth quarter gave up three unanswered touchdowns, 21 points. They blew it. They blew the game, and you know, for the NFC North, Dylan, it's going to be, you know, very competitive division as always. But the Lions, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to turn around and compete with the likes of the Packers and the Bears and the Vikings. Those are really going to be three teams battling out. And with the NFL expanding the playoff this year, who knows, though, you could see three NFC North teams make the playoffs. Yeah, and that would be huge. I think that you would probably, there is a very high possibility of that actually happening. Um, so it's going to be a very strong division. And it's going to be interesting to watch going into this season. Now, let's talk about best player performances. Um, I'll, I'll start with mine first. So, uh, biggest performance coming out of the weekend, I think, was Gardner Minshew. Now, playing for the Jaguars against the Colts, for one, where the Colts were coming in with Phillip Rivers. They had high hopes. They were saying that they were going to be the AFC South champions. But then Gardner Minshew said, no, 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 not on my watch. And he decided to win that game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had one of the best performances of all time on opening weekend for a quarterback. He actually threw 20 times and completed 19 of them. Like, how incredible is that? that that's just, it's, it's incredible the way he performed. And I, I mean, it's, it was an upset for sure. I mean, they won by a touchdown. And again, Philip Rivers was 36 of 46, 363 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. It looks like it's carried over from the Chargers because people kept saying it was the Chargers team that, you know, Philip Rivers was always this great quarterback, but he just had a, a sucky team around him. Now you put him in a, an organization where the Colts actually have a pretty good team around him, but he still played like Philip Rivers. He put up the numbers yardage wise but just could not produce the way he needed to to win the game. And Gardner Minshew throwing for 173 yards, three touchdowns, almost a perfect game. 
even though, I mean, 173 yards is, is not that much, but still almost a perfect game. <clears throat> yeah, Dylan, I was very impressed with Gardner Minshew's performance. Uh, like you said, uh, 19 for 20, 173 passing yards and three touchdowns, which is not bad. Saying it's 120 yards, but you get three touchdowns. I mean, that's great. And I think I liked about Gardner Minshew is he got everybody involved uh, with uh, the, the touchdowns and the offense. Uh, Keelan Cole, uh, LaVisca Shannon Jr., and then you also got DJ uh, Chark. Uh, even James Robinson got a, uh, a catch, and Chris Thompson. So everyone, all of his receivers, got involved to help him uh, perform uh, greatly for the Jaguars offense. And, you know, hey, we talked about it a couple weeks ago where everybody wanted to leave Jacksonville. Nobody wanted to be there. But the ones that are there, hey, they put up a good performance, and they beat one of our rivals, the Colts. So we'll see how it goes when we play them this week. Yeah, that's going to be a huge battle. I think that um, especially with Adoree Jackson's out for the Tennessee secondary, and it looks like we'll be without A.J. Brown, which was our number one wide receiver last year. So we'll have to see if Corey Davis can step into those shoes going into this game, which he played very well against the Broncos, which we'll talk about in just a minute after we talk about your best player performance. But yeah, I think it's going to be definitely a a battle on Sunday against the Jaguars. But let's go to your player performance of the week. Yeah, Dylan, my uh, player performance for week one in the NFL has to go to Russell Wilson. Uh, He he really made me regret not starting him on my fantasy team this past week. I went with Tom Brady. I thought it was going to be a shootout between him and the Saints. Turns out it did not happen. But Russell Wilson, he really had a good game against the Atlanta Falcons. 31 out of 35, 322 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was phenomenal in their game in Atlanta against the Falcons. And the Seattle Seahawks are off and running to a, a good start so far. So Russell Wilson looking good. Yeah, Russell Wilson did look good in that that. That team just looks pretty solid, actually, against the Falcons, especially the offensively gifted Atlanta Falcons. I actually watched that game a bit, and I also watched the Patriots and Dolphins game, too, which Cam Newton played pretty well for the Patriots. That was his debut with the New New England Patriots, so he played pretty well, and um, they shut down the Dolphins to where they only scored, I believe, 11 points in that game, so that's that's a, a good defensive performance as well. There were talks that, you know, New England would have a solid defense once again this season, especially after their defensive performances last year um, outside of the Titans game. Anyway, so, but they did they did have a pretty good defense last year with the Patriots, and um, it seems like it's carried over to this season. So let's talk about the Titans now. Titans and Broncos were Monday Night Football. They were the secondary game. It was a late game, but JT and I actually stayed up and watched the game. I believe it was over around one thirty. Local time. Yeah, one thirty our time. Yep. So that that was that was very late, very tough the next day at work. But you know you got to do what if you got to do. Kowski made those. If Guskowski made those kicks, the game might have ended sooner. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk about that too. So with Guskowski, one thing we talked about before, we talked about Dory Jackson being on IR. He's on IR for at least three weeks. So mm-hmm. he already missed the Broncos game. He's on IR for at least two more weeks. They say it might be extended. But we'll just have to see how that turns out. Hopefully, he comes back sooner rather than later. And hopefully, he doesn't begin a trend in his career. It seems like he's had several injuries over the past few seasons. And it holds him out of games. Uh, you know, a good thing is happening in the 
early part of the season instead of playoff time. But again, hopefully it doesn't turn into a trend for Adoree Jackson. But yeah, Steven Goskowski, we signed him as our kicker just a few days before this game. And being a New England Patriot, we, we knew he had a hip surgery. We knew he was coming off of that. And, you know, it, it's it, he's still a Super Bowl winning kicker. At the, at the end of the day, it is a Super Bowl winning kicker that you're bringing onto your team. And I, 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 for one, was very excited to have Goskowski, given our kicking woes we've had over the past few seasons. Which, I, I mean, it just seems like in the NFL right now, there are probably, I would say, five to seven teams that actually have solid kicking. And then everybody else is just kind of like, meh, mediocre. Is that just me? It just seem, it just seems like the kicking situation on a lot of teams is kind of what the Titans are going through right now. No, I think a lot of teams are, are struggling. We've seen that, obviously, in, in uh, week one. And as much as we hope that the Titans wouldn't have that problem, it turned out it was a, a, a problem. And, uh, you know, Guskowski, he missed three field goals. He missed an extra point. He didn't manage to get the game winner. I was like, oh, thank God. Yes, you get the game winner. So otherwise, you know, we dropped nine points out of that game that we could have had. And, uh, you know, the Broncos, you know, you got to give credit to them. I mean, without Von Miller, they they kept the Titans offense in check. Derrick Henry, Dylan, he, only had, he barely had, like, less than 100 yards. But he had, like, what, 20-something catches? Yeah, or yeah. Or carries, not catches, carries, excuse me. But um, he was, you know, off to a slow start. And we mentioned Rashawn Evans. He he uh, punched one of the Broncos players and got ejected. So that kind of affected the team as well. So, but hey, the, a win's a win's, Dylan. You know, the Titans were able to get it done. And we move on to Jacksonville this week. But Titans, you know, got some work to do. Yeah, and, and like you said, with the ejection... It's one of those things that it's an emotional game, and there were some words that were, you know, brought up, I guess, to Rashawn Evans that he didn't like very much. So he just decided to the punch the guy, which, again, it's an emotional thing. He shouldn't have done it. But we move on from that. We won the game still. He didn't cost us the game. He might have cost us a few stops. Um, I, I think that they would have stopped him again on that on that goal line drive that the Broncos had, had Rashawn been, been in the game. But you know what? We had one goal line stop, which was fantastic. The second one, um, they ran it in on the second play of that of that sequence there on the goal line. But again, you can't stop them all. I, I think the defense did a great job. Jeffrey Simmons looked very good, too, in that game, defensive line-wise. Javion Clowney did show himself several times. There were some flashy plays. There were some misses as well. There were some, um, un, you know untimely mistakes that he made. Um, instead of going to the outside, he bounced to the inside, um, things like that. But I, I think he'll get, it'll click. I think it'll get to, I think he'll get to it. And um, I think he'll play a lot better against Jacksonville this week. But again, you know, people kept talking about Derrick Henry saying it was a bad night. It was 31 carries for 116 yards that he ran. And for any other running back in the game, if someone told you that they ran for 116 yards, You'd be happy about that, right? Like, I I think that 116 yards is actually a really, really good number to have for a running back. However, Titans fans all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all social media, they were upset that Derrick Henry 
only got 116 yards because he had 31 carries. He averaged 3.7 yards a carry. Compared to last year against Denver, he had 15 carries for 28 yards. 1.9 yards per carry. So you can't be upset with what Derrick Henry did on Monday Night Football. He still ran 116 yards. Ryan Tannehill looked very, very good, especially having having that game-winning drive to get them down in field goal range for Steven Goskowski to become the hero of the game after he'd, be, he'd been the zero the entire game, missing three field goals and also an extra point. Don't forget about that as well. So he left 10 points on the table where we had to win 16-14 to 14 instead of 26-14. to 14. So this game was actually a bit... I think the Tennessee Titans still played a very good game. I think that they were the better team on the field. If it hadn't been for Steven Goskowski, we would have actually won by 12 points. And that's just the end of it. So hopefully Goskowski can get it, can get it out of his head and play well um, going into week two. We'll see how he performs. But, you know, if I were Goskowski, I would think that I'd have to kick all of my kicks this week and not miss a single one to keep my job. That's just my mindset. I mean, I, I think that Mike Vrabel and, uh, you know, the organization, I think they're going to be keeping a close eye on Goskowski and a very short leash. No, I agree, Dylan. I agree. Now, let's uh, get on to uh, week two. Uh, we did have one game played on Thursday night, the Browns against the Bengals. And the Browns and Bengals, uh, the Browns were able to beat the Bengals 35 35- to 30. So the Browns finally get out to Schneid after only scoring six points in week one against Baltimore. They score a lot of points in this game. And Joe Burrow, uh, he's been playing well, Dylan. He's been playing pretty good, but his team's not 0-2. Yes, he's been playing very well. I mean, I think considering, you know, coming from LSU, having the high expectations he's had, he's played very well. He's actually been very decisive with his throws. I mean, I think that, I mean, I, I still think he has yet to throw an interception. He had one thrown interception um, in the game against the Browns, but I think it was waved off because it was caught out of bounds or something. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, he's played very, very well. I think he's been very decisive, and, and it's 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 terrible to me that like he's playing so well, but he's on such a bad team that going into the season, I thought the Bengals were actually going to play pretty well just because of Joe Burrow being there. But obviously, you saw in the Browns game that the offensive line is not holding up for Joe Burrow to to make plays in the pocket. He has to get out of the pocket a lot because of the play of his offensive line. So they're going to have to fix something on the offensive line. They're going to have to become, become more cohesive because, again, Joe Burrow looks very, very good. As long as he has a solid line, as long as you give him time in the pocket to make a play, he's going to make a play. Now, Someone who's not making plays, A.J. Brown. I mean, I'm sorry, A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Brown, yeah, we'll talk about him later. But A.J. Green is not making plays, which he should be making plays. He hasn't been making plays as often as he was earlier in his career the past few seasons. And also, he's on my fantasy team, so he needs to make some plays. But I was very upset that A.J. Green did not make uh, the touchdown. He had a touchdown grab, potential touchdown grab. And he dropped it. Um, it. Just some plays like that were very, were grinding my gears a bit with, with AJ Green. But 
yeah, the Browns played well. OBJ actually played pretty well, um, considering. I think that's one of his best games with Baker Mayfield. Four receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. So I'm, I'm sure Cleveland fans are expecting him to be the OBJ, former OBJ, as in the Giants OBJ soon. And getting that chemistry with Baker Mayfield, I think that's going to pay dividends in the future. And, and we'll see if he's able to continue his strong play moving on throughout the season. So let's talk about some more of these games that are coming down the pipeline. JT, what are some games that you're looking at this weekend in the NFL? Well, one game I'm definitely going to keep my eye on is to see if the team will get things clicking is, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As I mentioned earlier, I started Tom Brady. He, He looked good. He got a touchdown, first touchdown for the Buccaneers against the Saints. But then he kind of struggled towards the second half with you know, two picks. One was a pick six, and then struggled down the the stretch with the with the passing game. So, I want to see if the Buccaneers uh, they'll be at home uh, to see if they can bounce back against the uh, Carolina Panthers. And Carolina Panthers, I mean, they had the Las Vegas Raiders. They they had them, and they let that game slip. So the Raiders, or sorry, the yeah, the Raiders end up sneaking away with that one. Um, the other game, Dylan, I'm going to keep my eye, uh, my, my eye on this week is the Ravens and Texans. That will be the afternoon game for around 4.30-ish. And I think the Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, he had a very slow performance in week one against the Browns. Now he goes to Houston to take on Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a big game, Dylan. Uh, it could be a, a shootout. So we'll see how it plays out. But those are two games I'll keep my eye on. Dylan, what two games you got going on for watch for tomorrow? Yeah, so two games I got my eye on. Um, the Denver Broncos versus the Steelers. I think that's going to be a big game. I think that we'll actually see if the Broncos are the real deal with Drew Locke against the Steelers because they're a better team. I mean, I, I think that that team, it's they're not a better team than the Titans, but the Broncos were able to stay in the game with the Titans uh, given the fact that they did have Von Miller on the sideline instead of playing in the game. And... You know, the Titans did have a few pieces missing, even though we would have won 26 to, to 24, or 26 to 14 had Goskowski kicked those field goals. But we'll see how, how the Broncos do against the Steelers. I think the Steelers are a very formidable opponent, and uh, we'll see if they can bounce back from their week one loss. And then another game I'm looking at, too, is the game tomorrow night the Patriots versus the, the Seahawks. Because when the Patriots, when they played against the Dolphins, they looked very good defensively offensively too with Cam Newton. I, I think they, they, they were the better team in that game. Um, I, I It's going to be interesting to me to see if Cam Newton and the Patriots can keep that momentum going against a team like the Seahawks because the Seahawks were so dominant in week one. So we'll see one of two things. Either one, the Seahawks were... That, that game was an anomaly in week one against the Falcons and the Falcons are just that bad. Or two, we're going to see that the Patriots are better than... Uh, are, are still as good as what they were last week against the Dolphins. It doesn't matter who they're playing up against. They're just a solid team, and they'll continue their dominance this season like they've had over the past decade or decade-plus with Bill Belichick. So um, I'm keeping my eye on both of those games. But let's go through these games, JT, and just kind of you know do a quick pick of these, of these games coming on this weekend. So let's start off in week two. With the Giants versus the Bears, who you got in that game? Uh, I think the Bears are going to win. Uh, 
against the Giants. The Giants really struggled against the Steelers on Monday night. And I don't see with a quick turnaround, it's going to be much better for them against the Bears on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Bears are going to come out and win this too. I think that having that slow start in week one against the Lions, they're going to realize they have to start a little bit quicker. So I think that going up against Giants, they're going to come in there with momentum for winning that game so late. And uh, I think they're going to definitely do that as well. Let's go to the Falcons and Cowboys. Who you got? Well, both teams are 0-1, but the Fal- or the Falcons. The Cowboys are going to be at home, and I think Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and that offense are going to bounce back and uh, get the win over the Falcons. I, 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 do, I think so, too. I think the Cowboys definitely played uh, a solid game in Week 1. However, they did lose. I, th- I think that the Cowboys, up and down that roster, they're built better um, for this game, and especially playing at home, even though it doesn't really matter much this season. I think that um, definitely the Cowboys will have the edge in that game, too. Let's go to the next one, Lions-Packers. I think the Packers will win that game. This one's tough because, I mean, the Lions, again, they they kept up with the Bears. It's going to be interesting to see if they're able to combat the feeling know, they man. had Aaron, from week Aaron one. Rogers, he went off against the Vikings. He I did. He play. did. <laughs> and Devontae Adams, Devontae <laughs> Adams played very well, too. I, th- I think that if Devontae Adams continues his strong play and Aaron Rodgers is able to throw to these <laughs> almost no-name wide receivers and still win games, I-, I do think Aaron Rodgers will win this game. So I think the Packers will win, even though the Lions will give them um, some fits during that game. Let's go to the Vikings and Colts. Who you got in that one? Uh, this is a tough one because yep. both teams, you know, nearly lo- – well, not the Vikings, but the Colts did nearly lose. And uh, the Colts are at home. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. I think the, the Phillip Rivers uh, will has – he's had time to learn the offense, but I think with an extra week preparation, I think the Colts are going to perform a lot better at home, um, even though there won't be fans there. But they're going to bounce back and beat the Vikings. So in this game, the Colts have actually won five consecutive games against the Minnesota Vikings. However, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to bounce back and they're going to win this game against the Colts. I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a game kind of like he did last week where I think he'll probably throw one or two interceptions and not put many points on the board um, throwing the ball. So I think that the Colts are going to lose in that one against the Vikings. Let's go to the Bills and Dolphins. I was very impressed with the with the the Bills um, last week. Uh, they did really well in this game, uh, in their game last week. Um, and I think the Bills, even though, yes, it was against the Jets. I know that. But, you know, Josh Allen did a really good job uh, in that game and got over 300 passing yards. And they got, you know, Josh Brown, Stephon Diggs. So I think Dylan, the Bills are going to go 2-0. I think they will go down to Miami, and they will get a victory. Yeah, I agree, too. That's that's my pick in my Eliminator Challenge on ESPN. So I think the Bills will definitely get the job done this weekend against the Dolphins. Now let's go to the 49ers and Jets. Who you got there? 
I think the 49ers are going to win that game. Yeah, I think that hands down. I think 49ers are going to bounce back and I win mean, that game. I mean, the Jets still have Le'Veon Bell. They don't have much else going on offense, so I don't see it put much of a fight against the 49ers. And the Jets have also scored fewer than 20 points in 11 of their last 17 games. So that doesn't bode well against the reigning, uh, well, actually, the reigning NFC champions um, and the 49ers. That's that's not a good sign for the Jets. And, um, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to win that game handedly. Let's go to the Rams and Eagles. Who you got there? Mm, this one's going to be a close one, but <clears throat> I'm going to lean towards the, the Rams to get a win on this one. On you the know, road. the funny thing is the Eagles actually have – six consecutive wins against the Rams. So that's one piece of news there. But the Rams, I think, are the better team this season. And if the Eagles come out like they did last week, I definitely think the Rams are going to steal this one. So I think the Rams will be able to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. Now let's go to the Broncos and Steelers. Who do you got in that game? I'm going to go with the Steelers at home. I think the Steelers... You know, I watched their game by night against the Giants. Ben Roxberger really stepped up big for them in uh, the second half to get the, the Steelers going. And yes, the Broncos, as we mentioned, they played very well defensively against the Titans, but I'm not sure, you know, because, you know, the Steelers like to run the ball a lot. So I expect that's going to eventually wear down the Broncos' defense and then they'll pull away in the fourth quarter and get the win. Yeah, I think Big Ben's out there having fun playing the game, uh, even though. In that game last week, he got a little hobbled with his knee, it looked like. But he actually, I mean, that was early in the game, and, and he still played very well throughout the game. He, he's been known to be like an Iron Man of sorts when it comes to injuries and playing through them. So if he has an injury, I'm not worried about it. I think I'll go with the Steelers as well, although Denver has won the last three of the four games against Pittsburgh. Now let's go to the Panthers versus the Buccaneers. Who you got there? Well, I mentioned this earlier that the I think the Tim, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will uh, get off the losing end and uh, bounce back to try to, to get a win. The, the Panthers, I mean, like I said, they look good against the Las Vegas Raiders, but they kind of blew it towards the end there. And, you know, Matt Rule, he's a good coach, rookie coach, so got a lot to learn a little bit here even back in the NFL. But uh, I think Bruce Arians will find a way to get the Buccaneers motivated and go for the win for uh, game uh, week two. And this is tough because Godwin is doubtful for this game, for the Buccaneers. And Mike Evans, he's a streaky player. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. It, it, it's, it's tough for the Buccaneers. I think that this is going to be a tough game for them. I think the Panthers are going to win. I think the Buccaneers are going to be in an, in an 0-2 hole very early in the season. And Tom Brady's going to have to figure out what's going on there because it's it's not looking good so far, especially last week. Um, you know, that's just a tough loss for Tom Brady in his first game in a Buccaneers uniform. So I think Panthers are going to win that one uh, against the uh, the Bucks there. We'll hold off on the Jaguars-Titans. We'll talk about that one last. Let's talk about the Washington football team versus the Cardinals. I think Arizona will win this game. Uh... Kyler Murray did really well in helping them lead them against the the 49ers. I think no one saw that come in. Hey, DeAndre Hopkins, he was off to a slow start, but he stepped up big in the fourth quarter. And Arizona, they'll be at home, but I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Washington football team. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the Cardinals are going to win too. 
because of the offensive firepower they have there, I think the Washington football team is going to have very hard time containing DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, all those players. I think and Christian Kirk, I think it's going to be tough for them to uh, to overcome that. So let's go to the Ravens versus Texans. This one's going to be a good game. Yeah, Dylan, as I mentioned earlier, it'll be a shootout. It's a game I'm definitely keeping my eye on. But I think uh, Lamar Jackson is going to lead his team to another victory, and the Ravens will be 2-0. I think this is going to happen, and I hope it happens because I'm, we're both AFC South fans. I think the Ravens are going to win as well to make it to where it's an 0-2 hole for the Texans. And also, another quick note, Baltimore has won the 13 consecutive regular season games against the Houston Texans. So I think that bodes well for Baltimore. I think it's going to continue and extend to 14 consecutive games. Now let's go to the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Who you got there? Uh, it's going to be a close game. Uh, the Chargers did very well on the road against Cincinnati in week one. Uh, the LA Chargers, I know, will be at home in the new stadium. And it'll be fun, even though with no fans. The Chargers will keep it close, but the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, they'll find a way to win this game. Yeah, I don't think there's a question. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Especially, I mean, the Chargers did look good, but it was against the Bengals. And, you know, the Browns looked good against the Bengals. The Chiefs, the Chargers looked good against the Bengals. I think that that's going to be a reoccurring theme for most teams this season. So, I think the Chiefs are going to win that game. Let's go to the Patriots and Seahawks. It's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Yeah, Dylan, it's going to, you know, Patriots can be on the road. Uh, but like you mentioned, Cam Newton did very well in week one against the Dolphins. But you can't discount Russell Wilson and that offense for the Seahawks. They know how to score. And I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game on Sunday Night Football. But I think the Seahawks will get the win at home against the Patriots. Yeah, Russell Wilson plays very well in primetime games at home. He's 16-3 and on his career when he's playing in primetime at home. So I think the Seahawks will continue to play very strongly and beat the Patriots. And last but not least, the Saints versus the Raiders. Uh, you know, I would say since it's the, the Raiders, their first home game in Las Vegas, you know, I would lean with them, but the horse, there's going to be no fans there. And, you know, Drew Brees, you can't discount Drew Brees. I know they struggled against the, the, the Buccaneers a bit early in the game, but they found their mojo, was able to get things going. Alvin Kamara looked really good. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, the Saints really started clicking. So I don't expect that to change in week two. And I think Drew Brees and Saints will go on the road and beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Only bad thing about that is Michael Thomas actually was injured in week one. Um, I'm not really sure what his status is. If he is playing, I don't think he's going to play to his full potential because he's going to be injured still, I believe. Um, so it's going to be really tough for the Saints to win this game. However, I do think the Saints will edge it out against the Raiders. I think that they're just the better team overall, but I think the Saints will be able to get it done. And let's talk about this game, too. We'll circle back around. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Tennessee Titans. Do I need to ask you who's going to win this game, or can we just both agree it's going to be the Titans? Uh, well, I mean, we'll have to see, Dylan. Uh, it looks like A.J. Brown will not play in this game. At least that's the last update I've seen on here. But who knows? Uh, the Titans, look, they just got to step up their game offensively. They were off to a slow start. Our kicker struggled. But luckily, uh, we were able to hang in there and get the win. And Tanner Hill 
Derrick Henry just got to step their game up. As you mentioned, uh, our, our receivers got to step up. Defense, I'm not worried about. Defense with Javon Clowney, all of them, they're going to do really well. Uh, to limit Gardner Minshew from scoring all over the place like he did in week one. So I think we'll slow the Jaguars down. The Jaguars, though, they got to win this game to prove it. this wasn't a fluke, that they want to be uh, contenders in the AFC South. But I think the Titans will prevent that from happening, Dylan, and I expect us to get a win in week two on the road. Yeah, even though we have injuries, Titans seem like they have a really good next man up I'm mentality. Sorry, at home, not on the road. Yeah, at home. At home. <laughs> I, I think that the Titans have a very good next man up mentality when it comes to playing these games, especially when they have injured stars, kind of like A.J. Brown. Um, I, I think that the Titans will find a way to win this game. It might not be as much of a blowout as we'd hope it would be, especially with Brown not being there to extend the field. But, I mean, hopefully we have, you know, Corey Davis continue his strong play from last week, and our other wide receivers need to step up as well. But I, I think that it's going to be a, a, a tough game for the Titans. However, I still think the Titans are going to make a, make a play to win, and they'll be in the number one spot in the AFC South with the Texans most likely being in an 0-2 hole against the Chiefs and the Colts potentially being in an 0-2 hole as well. So I think the Titans could easily be the favorites coming out of this week in the AFC South. Now let's move on to some NCAA football news. The Big Ten returns on the weekend of October 24th with the SEC kicking off next week with their slate of games. Do you think that the Big Ten coming back is the right choice? Uh, to be honest, Dylan, I, yeah, I'm still kind of perplexed. It's like kind of maybe I could see why they did it, but I also can understand uh, why people are giving them pushback for like why they're making the U-turn now when we still got this, you know, coronavirus pandemic situation going on. And look, Dylan, let's let's be real here. It, the obvious thing is money. The Big Ten realizes how much money that programs like Ohio State, Michigan can be missing out if they choose to wait till later on to play. And knowing that the SEC is about to get started, the Big 12 is starting up, uh, you know, that some teams have played already in week one. And then, um, you know, you have the ACC still going on. So the Big 10 realized, look, we we just can't keep sitting out. We have to try to get some games in if we want to keep our teams eligible for the playoffs. And they were getting outside pressure, Dylan, from political to inside the universities you got parents suing the the conference and all this and all this hot mess so i'm not surprised if the big 10 decides to cave in and you say you know what let's let's just give it a go let's just see if, if we can do it uh now the one positive note i will get the big 10 is they said the health experts have a system in place with this antigen test and they can test the players rapidly get results in 15 minutes and I think that was a game changer, Dylan, to make that decision to uh, to change. We'll see, Dylan. I mean, I've heard, even though here in Florida, our cases have slowed down a bit. I've heard in the Midwest, they're kind of going up. So we'll see how it plays out. I understand for Ohio State, they're very happy because uh, they'll get a chance to, uh, to, to play um, this season. Uh, I'm still curious about with Ohio State if a player like Sean Wade – he did announce early he was going to sit out this season, but now he may consider coming back. Uh, other players may uh, opt out as well. Uh, I know for University of Miami, who will play tonight 
uh, Tate Martell announced he's still going to sit out um, despite Miami still playing. So that's the only thing mm-hmm. the NCAA is going to have to figure out, Dylan. If the players that opted out, are you going to have to come back and play? Are you still going to have them sit out and maybe not lose eligibility? And I also wonder, Dylan, how this decision will affect other affect other conferences. You know, the MAC conference has said, we're still not playing. We're undecided. We're probably still waiting till spring. The Mountain West conference says, we're undecided. We're not going to play. And now we got to look at Dylan, the West Coast, the Pac-12. The Pac-12 also had sit out. They went along the Big Ten. So now the Big Ten is coming back. Now the Pac-12 may come back. Now the Pac-12, they originally, Dylan, were saying, well, because the governor in California and the governor of Oregon have these strict mandates on, you know, players playing, that's why they couldn't really play. But now I've heard the governors of both states have lifted those restrictions, even though they're more worried about everything going on with the wildfires going on out in those in the West Coast. Uh, but they've given the Pac-12 the okay to try to see if they can play. And I'm sure the Pac-12 is looking at the Big Ten about their test model, and maybe we'll use something similar to try to come back and, and play. So the Big Ten's coming back on October 23rd, October 24th to begin play. But I wouldn't be surprised, Dylan, if the Pac-12 also makes a U-turn to, to come back. So college football, Dylan, I'm happy to see it solo U-turn. And I still doubt they're going to be able to finish the season uh, with everything going on. But we'll see if they're keeping a bubble, keeping these testing in place and strict protocols and all that. Who knows, Dylan? Maybe they might get through a season. But what are your thoughts? What do you think? So the biggest thing to me is is looking at the NFL and seeing the success they've had so far. I know that they have more money for testing, things of that nature. But for these leagues, I mean, they, they have so much money that they can actually put into testing for these players to make sure it is a safe environment for these players and keep it more of a bubble mentality because they are in co- they are at college. They're on campus. So it's a bit more of a bubble scenario than it would be for an NFL team. I think it's actually going to be safer to play in the NCAA than it would be in the NFL. But the NFL is in a great job. I mean, they're continuing to have, if any cases, very little cases. Um, and I think that's a really good model for the NCAA. I think that it's a it's a good move by the Big Ten to come back. And it brings money to these colleges. I think that, that that's something, that generating revenue thing. Missing out on all of that revenue for the colleges, I think that was a huge decision-making point for the Big Ten. I think that the Big Ten definitely needed to get that injection into their system for the money because of you know everything that's going on right now. But I think they did a good job. I think it's the right choice for the Big Ten to come back. And I would not be surprised if the Pac-12 and other conferences do come back as well because... At the end of the day, look, I mean, it's, ha- it's, it's working for the NFL. Everything they're doing right now, it's working. And I, I think that they can do that kind of model in the NCAA for these college kids, and I think it'd be better for them. I think it's, it's, it's a better situation for them. Justin Fields, I know that they're excited over there in Ohio State and all those guys. I mean, all these schools coming back, I think it's, it's a huge a huge boost for these teams, and I think they're excited to get back into the swing of things. So I, I kudos to Big Ten and the commissioner there because that, I think it's a huge move. Now, let's talk about the games of the week real quick and before we move on to some NHL news. So the games of the week this week, number 14 UCF is at Georgia Tech today. And then we have also number 17 Miami versus number 18 Louisville, which is the game of the night on ABC. So in those games, who do you got, JT? Well, for 
uh, UCF, the Knights, you know, this is going to be their, their, their first game. Uh, uh, they'll be on the road against Georgia Tech, and it's going to be a very exciting game. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, but I think Dylan UCF, you know, they're going to go for the upset and knock off Georgia Tech, and they will beat them. Now, in the other game, that's the night game, you got Louisville against Miami. Look, Dylan, I think Miami, I know they do this every year. They're off to a good start, and then they slip off in the second half of the season. But Miami's been looking very good in the ACC so far. I know everyone's talking about, oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they're going to wreck the party on, on Clemson. But don't sleep on Miami, guys. I really think Miami is going to make a run in the ACC this year. Okay. Well, um, I agree with you with the first game, with UCF versus Georgia Tech. I think UCF will come in and continue their high-flying offense they have there. And I think UCF will win that game against Georgia Tech. Now, however, the second game with Miami and Louisville, Louisville played pretty well, too. I mean, Louisville, I mean, they're a pretty pretty good-looking team um, up there in Louisville. I think that Louisville will give Miami a, a very good test early on in the season. And... I, I think that Louisville is going to edge it out. I, I really think Louisville will have a chance to go in there and upset Miami. So I, I think that I'm going to give it to Louisville, especially being at home. I think that's going to be a good matchup to watch tonight for ABC. I think that was a great job by them to choose that game. And it's also the only ranked versus ranked game happening this weekend. So good game to watch. I look forward to that one. <clears throat> yeah, that's because uh... – the Army BYU game got postponed because someone yep. had an outbreak. And then the other game that was going to happen today was Baylor against Houston. But same thing, someone had an outbreak of COVID or something and they had to postpone as an abundance of caution. But that game may get canceled. But yeah, Dylan, I mean, it's going to be a good game. Uh, Manny Diaz, we'll see what he can do up there uh, in Louisville and see how it goes with the Hurricanes and the Cardinals. All right, Dylan, let's move on to some hockey talk. Uh, I know we talked a few weeks ago about the drama that's happening in the bubble in these Stanley Cup playoffs in Canada. And Dylan, we now have a final uh, Stanley Cup final. And, well, there's one team that I did expect that was going to make a run. And then another team, Dylan, I did not expect to make a run to this far, at least, to get to the Stanley Cup final. So, Dylan... What are your thoughts as we now have the final two teams in the Stanley Cup final? Well, again, yes, you said that the Tampa Bay Lightning were the team that we thought, well, all of us thought they were going to make it to the Stanley Cup final, which is a good thing, which they are on my bracket still. And they are still on my Stanley Cup favorites. So I believe that they're going to win the series. But, you know, Tampa Bay had played a very good, strong game, good game. The Islanders did try to prevent that from happening. They did go to a game six. However, Tampa Bay won in overtime. So kudos to Tampa Bay. That was that was a great series by them. And they will look forward to their opponent, which their opponent was someone no one really thought would be here in this position. And it's all on the back of the backup goaltender, Hugh Dobin. The Dallas Stars beat the Golden Knights. The series was four to one. Uh, just an absolute dominant performance by the Dallas Stars. And they didn't really score many goals in that series either, but they held the Golden Knights, I believe, to like eight or nine goals in total in five games, which that's something we did not think that was going to happen. The Golden Knights offensively, defensively, 
penalty kill, power play, they they are a very solid team. And Dallas came in and decided to just steal it from them. And it was all on the back of Hudobin. Great series by them. I, I think it's going to come to an end against the the Lightning. I think the Lightning are still going to win that series. But uh, you know, even Hudobin, Steven Stamkos, you think the Lightning are still going to win the series? Well, they've they've won every series since. I mean, every without series him, in the playoffs yeah, without true. him. That's so true. I think that Steven Stamkos. I mean, it, it would have been good to have Steven Stamkos. I think that would have been a good pickup. But at the same time. You know, Steven hasn't been in the playoffs at all. He has no chemistry with the team. So putting a player like that with no chemistry onto the roster for a Stanley Cup final series, I I don't think that's a good move by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first place. So I would rather have him fully healthy next season instead of having him 90% healthy now and possibly screwing up the chemistry they have for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Even though the, the Lightning did have a few games against the Islanders, the two games they lost... um. Or yeah, the two games they lost, it, it the Lightning didn't look very good. It, there were some offensive woes they were going through, kind of like the Golden Knights were going through the entire series against Dallas Stars. But the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to come together and and turn it back on, and they did. And then they're a good enough team to do that when they need to. On the back of Vasilevsky as well, having a Vesna winning goaltender behind you that helps as well so I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to go in there and win against Dallas Stars even without Steven Stamkos even without their captain and it's just going to prove how dominant they are in this league I mean that they are a very very good team I'm very surprised it's the first time they've been to the playoffs or been to the Stanley Cup final and how long it's taken them to get back to the Stanley Cup final but you know I think that the Lightning are definitely going to win against the Stars it's it's going to end but Hudobin deserves a lot of credit, and if he does not want to stay in Dallas after this season, he'll have some offers to go somewhere else. There will be contract offers for Anton Hudobin that are going to be very, very high-paying contracts just because of his performance in the playoffs this year. Yes, Dylan, it's going to be a very interesting series. Uh, the Lightning, nothing has stopped them so far, so they are the clear favorites. But I'm sure the Dallas Stars will make it interesting. And it'll be a fun story, Dylan, with Dallas if they can somehow pull it off. They beat, uh, like you mentioned, the Vegas Golden Knights. They've also beaten the Colorado Avalanche, you know, the two best teams so far in the, the Western Conference. And with a backup goaltender, as you mentioned, Anton Kadobin, and all the role players from uh, Jamie Benn and Gorianov, they've all uh, stepped up. For the Dallas Stars, and they're going to definitely give the Lightning a run for their money. So, I still think the Lightning are going to win it in six. I, I said the Lightning won in six games, but Dallas will definitely not make it easy for them. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think six games is a good is a good uh, estimate there. I mean, I was I think the league was hoping for the Lightning versus the Golden Knights because. I think that series would have gone to Game 7. I think it would have been the most competitive series we had seen in a... a, I've seen it before, too. On Puck Off as well, on JDF Sports, I was saying it, too, that this is... That would have been one of the best Stanley Cup Finals we had seen in quite some time. If it was the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Vegas Golden Knights, just given the rosters on on both sides. I I think that would have been a a fantastic... A fantastic um, matchup there, but at the same time, I mean, Dallas looked very good against Vegas, so we might have, uh, you know, a surprisingly good 
series here against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I see it going to Game 6 as well. So that's huge there. Let's go over to the NBA. The Celtics are down to the Miami Heat 2-0 to right now. Yeah, so that was very surprising. Uh, the Celtics went to, to the wire in overtime in Game 1, and it looked like they are going to win that game. And then the Heat were able to steal that game. And then right when Jason Tatum about to throw it down, bam, Adebayo just with the block <laughs> comes out of nowhere and stole the show. Like literally, like my mouth dropped. <laughs> I saw him blocked that shot. It was crazy. And then game two, uh, the uh, Heat were down, like I think, by what, 13, 16 points and came back to win game two against the Celtics. So now the Celtics are down on a 2-0 hole. They do play later tonight. And, I mean, for the Heat, Dylan, I mean, I said it two weeks ago, the Heat looked like a team that could legit win the championship. So everyone of their role players have been stepping up, and that hasn't changed against the Celtics. For the Celtics, uh, even without missing Gordon Hayward, they have been struggling to slow the, the, the Heat down. They just keep going, going, going. And... The Celtics really need to get back in the series. I think they will win today to uh, get back in the series. But it's looking more likely, though, than the Heat are going to pull away and maybe make it to the NBA Finals for the first time since, I believe it was 2014. That was the last time. They, yeah, Spurs Heat. That was the last time wow. I believe they were Heat wearing it. So it's been a while for the Heat. But, yeah, just Jimmy Butler, basically. They, they don't have, like, a other premier NBA All-Star, but they're playing like a team. And that's a, a good thing for the Heat. Now, the other series, that started last night. The Lakers uh, dominated the Nuggets, which I got to talk about the Nuggets. The Nuggets, Dylan, six times they, you know, had elimination games and they come back and won all of them. You know, they were again, just like the last series against Utah, down 3-1 against the Clippers. And they come back, win that series. Uh, stunning result. Uh, Nikola Jokic or as they call him, the Joker. He's been uh, playing uh, joke cards on this team. No jokes are on the Denver Nuggets. This is the team is for real. And uh, they've come back beating the, the Clippers, who choked that series. And, I mean, unfortunately for Doc Rivers, Dylan, this is the second or third time now, excuse me, that his teams have been up 3-1, and they've blown it. He did it once with the Orlando Magic and two times now with the Clippers. And now Doc Rivers is on the hot seat, Dylan. I don't know. If they plan to keep him, you got Tyron Lue, a guy who's won a championship as your assistant coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers maybe decide to look that route and say, hey, Doc, we thank you for seven years, but we got to let you go and we're going to get Ty a shot because this team's built to win now. And we got to win now because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they got one more year on their deal so they could opt out after this upcoming season and be free agents again. But the Nuggets, you know, got to give them credit. They've gotten through two hard matches against the Jazz and the Clippers. And the Lakers, I think they just ran out of gas, though. The Lakers blew them out in game one last night, dominating performance. And uh, the Lakers, I think still are still the favorites, obviously. Everyone's picking the Lakers to, to win, and they could win it all, too. So we'll see. It could be Lakers-Celtics, but realistically, Dylan, I think it's, it looks like it's going to be the Lakers and Heat in the NBA Finals. Which, that'll be a very interesting matchup. I think the Heat, I mean, they've just been playing very, very, very good basketball throughout the entire playoff. 
And to go up against the Boston Celtics, who are one of the favorites to win the Eastern Conference this year, I think that the Miami Heat have a very good shot of going into the of the, into the NBA Finals and putting up a very good performance against the Lakers because I think that's going to be it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I think that in any other season we wouldn't think that the Miami Heat were going to make it this far, but here we are. I mean, and the Heat are playing very very well. I think that it's going to be interesting to see how that Boston Celtics Miami Heat matchup continues to go we'll see if Boston can actually push back at all and try to make it a series but at the end of the day I think Miami Heat are gonna are gonna win that and go to the NBA finals for the first time in quite some time so definitely a huge huge game there and and the Lakers of course dominating the Nuggets uh not very surprising there now let's go to the MLB the playoffs are starting in 10 days on Tuesday September 29th the uh, MLB playoffs will begin and there have been some teams that have clinched playoff berths so far. In the AL, we have Tampa Bay Rays, the Chicago White Sox, and the Oakland A's. And then the NL, we only have one team so far, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But again, uh, is that a surprise? Not really. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's going to be its really interesting, first of all, that we're this close to playoff baseball. I mean, it just seems like the league started two weeks ago. But we're here. And it's just all in, it's all because of that shortened season. But I mean, we're here and we're about to see some playoff baseball. Yeah, Dylan, the, the playoffs start, I believe, closer to the end of the month. But it's going to be uh, very exciting. I mean, like you said, yeah, it feels like the season started a couple weeks ago, but they have to start like late July, like mid to late July, something like that. And we got some teams, you know, like you mentioned, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, clinch the playoff spot, the Chicago White Sox. Who would have thought the White Sox, a team that's been in the <laughs> cellar for so long, be able to turn around so quickly and make the playoffs? The Oakland A's, you know, no money ball this time around, but hey, they <laughs> they uh, have been consistent and, you know, gone uh, on a two-game win streak and scoring a lot of runs too. So the Oakland A's have been very well. Uh, Dylan, I know you mentioned the LA Dodgers, no surprise. Uh, San Diego, that's a team that's also surprised me. They've done very well. Uh in the NL West, and it looks like they're on track to make the playoffs. Um, the Chicago Cubs, I expect them that they're going to probably make it as well. And Dylan, uh, don't worry, your your Atlanta Braves, they got the NL East. I know it's not official, but it's unlocked. Else is it's unlocked. Much barely above high, uh, 500 in that division. Yeah. So I'm sure you're going to clinch a playoff spot, and we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, Dylan, very excited to see baseball uh, doing well. And I know it's been talking about the bubble. I think they said. Uh, the playoffs, like I think, what the final eight teams will go to Texas yep. and play at the Texas Rangers' new uh, ballpark. So that would be pretty interesting as well. But yeah, Dylan, uh, looking good for baseball as we get closer down the wire towards the MLB playoffs for the postseason. So it'll feel like fall, Dylan. It really will feel like fall because you have baseball. It will. Yeah, it will. I, th- I think it's going to be great to see some uh, playoff baseball. And you know, it's just it's awesome to think that we have all of these postseasons happening at once. Like, it's just, it's crazy to think about that. But, you know, we're in COVID world right now. So, you know, might as well throw in some playoff uh, baseball, basketball, hockey. I mean, everything. So it's it's fantastic. And football there, too. Not postseason, but at least regular season football. It's fantastic. Now, let's move on to JT's favorite segment. It's JT's football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours, sir. 
Thanks, Dylan. As always, out of bounds. We're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And let's start local here as we got Orlando City Soccer. Uh, they've been doing pretty well. Uh, they beat Inter-Miami last week 2-1. to one. And tonight, they play a Chicago Fire. So this will be the first time we're playing someone not from the Southeast as we enter Phase 2 in the MLS schedule. That game will be at 7.30. Uh, Oscar Perea, the coach, has been tinkering around with the roster to keep the players fresh. And Orlando City, they're still looking good, Dylan. They're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now. Also a good start. And we get to go into the second part of the season. Orlando City looks on track to make the playoffs. So I hope I didn't jinx them, but they're off to a good start. So we'll see how it continues. The Orlando Pride, they will begin their uh, season today in about a minute or so in the NWSL Fall Series as they travel to North Carolina to take on the North Carolina Courage. Uh, you're going to see uh, Alec Trigger, Ashlyn Harris, Sidney LaRue. Uh, Marta's going to probably play. So we'll have some familiar faces, even though we have 12 players on loan, including Alice Morgan, who will be at Tottenham Hotspur, at least for the fall season, but she'll be back in time when the NWSL begins uh, their spring season uh, next year. Uh, Bayern Munich, uh, they won their uh, opener 8 nothing against FC Schalke 04. Uh, that's right, Dylan. That's uh, no typo, though. 8-0. Or in Germany, say, no. So, uh, Bayern Munich continuing their winning ways after just winning the UEFA Champions League title last month. Liverpool, they just signed Thiago from uh, FC Bayern Munich. So he just joined uh, that team. So pretty big move for Liverpool FC as they look to defend their title in the English Premier League. And in Miami, I just spoke about a minute ago, they just announced the signing of Gonzalo Higuain. They brought him over from uh, Juventus, signs a basically a, a year and a half deal. He'll be here to the end of the 2022 MLS season. And that, guys, will conclude my football recap of the week. Let's head on to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with yours first, sir. All right, Dylan. My winner this week is going to be Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for the Washington football team. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but he gave up a halftime speech while uh, their coach was getting IVs. And that's really uh, good that he stepped up the plate for his coach. admiring for that. And he must have said something, right? Because his team was motivated and he went out and got a W. So good job, Dwayne Haskins. My loser this week, Dylan, is going to be uh, the Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, this was crazy, Dylan. I don't know if you saw it on social media, but the Brown Stadium only had like a 10% capacity. So they had a few fans there. But a fight broke out at a Browns game. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised saying it's the Browns, but <laughs> I'm like, a fight. I'm like, seriously, guy, you're at reduced capacity, social distancing, all this, and you're fighting each other? Like, come on, man. Your team won. They yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what they were fighting about. That's crazy. But that's my loser this week. Dylan, who are your winners and losers? My winner this week is Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, for making the right decision to to get football back on the field for the Big Ten. I think it's a huge win for everyone involved and fans and players alike. I think it's going to be good to see them back on the field and have some solid football. And also, I think a big contributing factor to this 
was them seeing Big Ten teams getting dropped off of the AP Top 25 um, this past week as well. I think once college football started, they said, oh, crap, this is not going to happen. We don't need to uh, – we need our teams back on the Top 25. So they that's why they decided to come back. I think that's one of the deciding, deciding factors. So, But a huge thing for the Big Ten. I think that's awesome. The loser this week is the Golden Knights offense just for not being involved in Dallas. I, I think that – it had something to do with Dallas playing the defense of like a basketball style defense. We talked about it a little bit on puck off this past week, but having a basketball defense to where they were making the Golden Knights shoot the shots that Dallas wanted them to. And, you know, they they shot some very, very poor shots and they were not able to get it past Tudobin as often as they wanted to. So the Golden Knights offense is my loser this week. And so now let's move on to final thoughts. I'll start with mine first. So final thoughts, we have our Out of Bounds Fantasy Football League once again this season. And JT and I are just not, we did not do well in the first week. We both lost our games. And, you know, my team, more than a Thielen, it's, it just, we have a good team, the solid team. But last week, for some reason, Mike Thomas, first of all, got injured. I mean, that was a big thing. And the Titans' defense only got me three points. And just just awful, awful play all around. I wish that... I mean, I have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson couldn't even help me get the win last week. It, it's very, very sad. Hopefully this week I can bounce back. But with JT... JT, come on. Last week you lost two? Yeah, I told you uh, before we got on the air that... Uh, I had Tom Brady as my starter, and it basically came down to him. If he would have got me a few more touchdowns, I would have beaten uh, my opponent this weekend. But Cam Short, uh, Russell Wilson got me the most points. If I would have started him, I definitely would have won. Yeah. Uh, but I had him on the bench, and the rest of my players just couldn't get a lot going. Uh, Chris Godwin had a couple catches. You know, uh, Joe, Ronald Jones just a second. The Bucks, you know, didn't get much going with him. And Derrick Henry, he was my last big hope, but – Despite getting 112 yards, no touchdowns to help me out. So, narrowly lost this game, but I feel confident, Dylan, that I'm going to bounce back and get off the losing end and get a win going. So, look forward to getting that uh, going uh, starting tomorrow. Quick standing is update, though, for the league. As of right now, in the Eastern Eastern Conference side of things, Logan and Ann Bailey are, are tied at number one. Um, they both won their games last week. And on the Western Conference side, Dan and John Cameron are tied at number one as well, winning both of their games. So we'll keep you posted on the Fantasy League. Hopefully, JT and I can bounce back this week and actually get some wins. That'd be great. So, JT, what is your final thought this week, sir? Uh, my final thought is just going to talk about you know LeBron James, of course, uh, the NBA announced their MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo. He won it by a landslide. But that's not what everyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about that LeBron James Dylan only got 16 votes. 16! <laughs> you know, and LeBron James, <laughs> he was not happy about he that. He is living. So, you know, and uh, he was like, what the heck? Like, I'm doing this for the Lakers, blah, blah, care. Uh, he's like, I'm about to, I only won one game in the in the series so far, but I win three more. My team's in the NBA Finals. The Lakers haven't been in the NBA Finals deal since 2010. That's the last time they were there a decade ago, basically. So if LeBron James gave them to the Lakers and they win, he's going to be like, where's my MVP at? Where's my MVP? Giannis, where's Giannis at? 
he's probably in Greece somewhere. But you yeah, know, most uh, likely. <laughs> you know, but uh, since his team couldn't get past the Miami Heat, so LeBron James, he's got enough motivation, guys. He don't need this with. Come on, sixteen votes? Are you kidding me? Sixteen? At least keep it close. I mean, it just wanted by close. Okay, Giannis second year in a row, great for him. But LeBron James, look what he's doing, guys. Look what he's doing. So I think they missed an opportunity there to get LeBron James uh, a real shot of getting the MVP. But it's okay, guys. If the Lakers win, he's definitely getting the Finals MVP for sure, and a trophy, and a trophy. And that's going to be good for LeBron. I mean, it is funny to see him kind of cry about Giannis winning. Even during that press conference, he didn't even say Giannis's name. He just said the winner. I think the winner had a good season, but I'm just upset I only got 16 votes. So I think it was very funny to see, even though I don't very much care for LeBron James. That's why it was even funnier for me to watch that press conference and him get so upset. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Subscribe all there. And also, we just got on to Amazon Music. Amazon has podcasts now. They launched it this past week. And we were in the initial launch of Amazon Podcasts. So make sure to subscribe there. You can like, comment, subscribe. Um, Also, follow us on our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. It's at OOB Podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's Dylan James underscore FL on Twitter, Dylan underscore James. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, J- Twitter is going to be at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram. That's at JTSaka Sports. And you can also reach out to me on my sports blog at JTSportsGuy.com. Fantastic. Great show, JT. I think that, uh, again, we just have so much going on right now, so much to talk about that I am always excited to get into this with you each and every um, other week. Every other week we do our podcast right now. So hopefully we can get to a, a more, you know, we're getting into a consistent schedule now, which is fantastic. And I always love talking about sports with you. But thanks, everybody, for listening once again. We'll talk to you in two weeks. 